gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Welcome back to our Fit Walking Meditations. It's good to be back. It is summer here, uh, um, at least in the States, in Houston. It's pretty hot, and we had a couple of weeks of of, uh, of break, but it's, it's great to, to come back. And um, we're coming back to start with a new a new topic. Uh, we were just talking before. It seems that it's a, a timely topic. And I wonder if it is timely all the time. <laughs> it is really necessary for all of us. And the topic is discernment. Discernment. And um, I don't know. What's your understanding about discernment? We will try to clarify some thoughts about it today. But uh, two things. Uh, first, uh, you know, the first uh, the, the first uh, memories that come uh, to me when I think of discernment had to do with the, the practice of discernment of the Quakers and how, um, how impressed I was as I read about it and learned about it. Um, you know, it seems that discernment is always good. Right? We all kind of want discernment and need discernment, and it's part of our journey, especially spiritual journey. You know, we, need, we want to know the will of God. And I was impressed by the Quakers in the in the connection of this discernment as a practice that was not only an individual practice, but as a community practice. And uh, I add to that layer the idea of waiting and the time that it took. And so that, that was my first approach and say, oh my gosh, here we are talking about something deeper, uh, something that is beyond my own understanding at that time of discernment. That it was kind of, let's try to figure out figure out what God is is saying and essentially it's that but it happens in a different way, right? So, so that's one thing. And the other thing is, I've been uh, and I'm following a little bit. Um, I've been impressed and following the the thoughts of Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen has been one of those teachers for me, and he wrote uh, actually this was published after his death. Three little books. Uh, I think the first one is spiritual direction. The other one is, uh, well, I think it's spiritual formation. And the, the third one is on discernment. So this, I'm following a little bit these this, uh, ideas, right? The book is uh, Discernment, Reading the Science of Daily Life, written or published out of the work of Henry Now. This is after his death. This is not a book that he wrote per se, but it is compiled about his teachings about the sermon. So we're going to start. And um, so what comes to your mind, you know, as, as a, when you think of this sermon, when you hear this sermon, you know, a few, a few ideas, kind of personal, taking out of my own reading, my own experience, and, and some of the interaction with, with Henry Nouns' work. Um, so three, three ways to understand this, and I love this. Uh, discernment is to be able to listen, to actually notice, I would say, God's voice beyond the noise we live, we live in. And I say uh, to notice God's voice, I'm not talking necessarily of, 
of a voice, right? And you, you get what I'm saying. I don't know if God audibly has ever spoken to me. I like the picture of discernment that comes in the scriptures, right? With Samuel and Eli, famous passage, right? Uh, Samuel, Samuel, you know, and he will go to Eli and say, yeah, what do you want? Nothing. I didn't call you. And two or three times happens this, right? And until there is some discernment in Eli that invites Samuel to step into this discernment and say, what if that voice is not mine, you know, the noise, but is the voice of God? Why would you present yourself to God and you reorient your heart and say, here I am, Lord, speak. Right? So beautiful picture of discernment. So, being able to notice, to recognize, to listen, I don't know what word to use, um, to notice the voice of God beyond the noise we lived in. That's probably classic, right? Then to be able to see all things connected in the heart of God. This takes us one little bit further. So it's not only about the will of God, which is very important, it's also about noticing the connection. I say it this way. I don't know who put it in my in my heart. I'm sure it's, it's somebody, some reading. I cannot pinpoint who, but there's no place without God. There's no time without God. There's no space without God. Everything is connected in the heart of God. Everything is seen by God. And this connection has many implications. Not only that sometimes in, in the classic understanding of consolations and desolations they say that god is not only in the consolations but also in the desolations right that everything is connected suffering joy people kings who were not christian <laughs> are, are, are somehow also connected with god the the will of of uh, pharaoh during the exodus was part of somehow god's will and i don't go farther trying to explain what's going on, but just the understanding and the security, I don't know, the affirmation, the confidence that gives me to, to know that everything is connected in God's heart. And finally, to be able to understand that God works through all of those things, right? That all those things around us, not only the Bible, not only my pastor or my spiritual friend, Everything is a tool in the hand of God. And we have several examples in the Bible about this. So discernment is, is this a skill, you know? And if you think that beyond the will of God, there's the connection and the, and the presence and the work of God through all things. That's a deep thing. Think about it. <laughs> think about it. It goes far beyond just knowing where you will, Lord, in this moment. So the goal of discernment is to know God's will, yes, but not for the sake of knowledge itself, but for the sake of aligning our lives to it. So here is the essence of spiritual formation. It is not about knowing only. It is about connecting, being united, responding. You know, this, this relationship that is going on. God wants to, to let his will know to you in order to you to be able to align yourself, myself, with God's heart. This is your vocation and my vocation. This is the fulfillment of our calling in life. 
<laughs> what a big word, right? My gosh, the fulfilling of my calling in love. Yeah, as simple and as complex as that. Align your life to the life and to the will of God. See that in Jesus, right? See that I didn't come to do my own will. I come to do the will of my dad, my father. You know, I don't give my life because anybody is forcing me to. I give it my own accord because that's my father's will. Wow. Discernment is a practice that is connected to other spiritual practices. So there is not only one prayer, but one practice of discernment. Prayer, solitude, community, contemplation, worship, everything can be connected to discernment. Right? So there is not only one. And discernment goes beyond seeking direction about one single important decision. It is a lifestyle. It's a way of living your life. I remember when I was single, oh my gosh, I want to discern if I would be married again. <laughs> or I, then when you're dating somebody, I want to discern if this is the one. <laughs> and all that is beautiful, it's good, you know. But discerning is beyond what job you need to take, what decision you need to make. It is about that too. But it is really a lifestyle. It is living your, your life or walking your path, noticing, discerning where, where God is present and what God is saying. So, so some notes on discernment. Now, I, I think that it's amazing to think of Henry now and thoughts about discernment. So let me offer this. We will explore more of this. So Henry now use all kinds of sources for discernment. Probably you are familiar with his life and his work, but he was very uh, familiar with the, the soul, the psychology, the psyche of human beings, obviously theology, spiritual readings of all kinds. The mystics at that time, especially, were like, what? You know, it had to be Catholic to be the mystics. It seems that now you have permission, okay? <laughs> but at that time, you didn't, I guess. Literature. Art, there's a, a beautiful book that, you know, talks is, is around the a, a parable of Jesus of the prodigal, but it's about a picture too. He had this sense to, to, to see God speaking through art, poetry, other traditions, other religions, nature, culture. He traveled, he visited different places. And, and in a way that is uh, unique, uh, and, and I will say unique and common, in, in people who have gotten into this connection with God, he was able to use all of that or to see God working through all of that and speaking through all of that. So he's not just talking only about one source, but he saw God using everything to speak. For now, when discernment is not about making a decision, I like how he, he put it, you know, he, he says, you know, to make a decision, you need a good dialectical behavioral therapy if you want you know, at least the pros and cons come on what are the pros what are the cons if you do this yeah that we, we all can do there's some wisdom there but discerning is beyond that it's about listening he says and responding listening and responding it's about interacting with that place in you where your deep desires are aligned to god's desires a beautiful way to put it. Is that is there a place like that in me, Lord? <laughs> is, is there some place in me that where my desires are your desires? And I kind of hear, hear God saying, yes, 
because I made you, because you are mine, because beyond all the brokenness, and I, I, I don't remember who is the author now, I think it's Thomas Merton, beyond the brutality in which you have treated yourself, there is a place that is untouched by anything of that. And this is where my heart shines. What brings me closer to God? That's the question of this sermon. For now, Christ is the ultimate model. You know, and that, I love that. He's very Christocentered. And discerning is an act of faith and trust. It's not like a strategy. Okay, one, two, three. Let me give you the sermons in three simple steps. <laughs> no, it is actually an act of faith. There is, there is mystery there. It is not a strategy. We learn to trust in God, but we also learn to trust in our inner experience. And I can hear, maybe you, you, you hear that too, a lot of people are saying, no way. We don't have to trust our inexperience. We don't have to trust our emotions. We need to trust the scripture. Yes, we do. But there is something in us where God abides. And, uh, you know, I always think of the discernment that took place in, in Joseph, husband of Mary to be able to make a courageous, crazy decision of Mary, the pregnant woman. Have you ever thought about it? How much discernment need to, 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 to be there? So there was an inner experience that uh, had to be trusted. For knowing discernment is found in everyday life, as we invite the Holy Spirit to be part of our experiences, our thoughts, our preoccupations, memories, plans. Have you ever thought that way? I bet you have. You know, this, this spiritual journey is about that inviting the Holy Spirit to come into this ordinary life. Jesus is present everywhere in joys and sorrows, in victories and defeats, and solitude and community. So I, I like, it's very comprehensive, very incarnational, very Christ-centered. And these are some of his thoughts, and we will explore more of that. But uh, they, these thoughts already invited me to express and seek and, and, and find. I always say, I, I kind of have a sense of nature, for example, in my own life, uh, of connectedness with God through nature. And many times I kind of listen. It's not that I listen to a voice, but I notice God is speaking to me through nature. Okay. Some more ideas and before we start into our dialogue. The fruit of the sermon. Yeah, that I learned sometimes, uh, I think Ken Schumann put me into this idea. You have to... You have to tell people why this is good, sort of, right? And then actually, I believe, I believe in that. But the fruit of discernment, if you have discernment, what you can expect. And you know, this is not necessarily me thinking, but um, discernment in our lives uh, allows us to live those lives with less drama and less chaos because we find more purpose. As simple as that. Have you thought, what if all suffering has purpose? 
what if with God, in God, right? Because you're saying, well, without God, suffering, yeah, I get that. I agree, I agree that because it's a passage, right, in the Bible that says suffering, I forget exactly how it says, suffering that comes from God produces repentance, that produces salvation, right? And there's another suffering that is just lost. So, yeah, I think there's, there's a suffering without God that might be just the sake of suffering, but, but you love God. I love God. So if we have to go through suffering, what, what, how, how will it change to understand that there is a purpose in that, that uh, there is a growing in that? Less drama and less chaos. You know, the chaos coming, comes in my life because I don't want suffering. <laughs> I think it's Richard Rohr that says that uh, our suffering is actually our, our resistance to pain. There's a point, psychological point there, but I see my kids, little ones, and the tantrums are come because they don't want what they don't want, right? Anyway, less drama, less chaos. I want, I want a life with less drama and less chaos. Less fear and less anxiety. Hmm. Kind of in the same lines, a little bit deeper, right? I am less afraid because uh, if everything else goes, I know where I'm going. I know what's holding me, what's sustaining me, ultimately. We have beautiful examples of that in the Bible and in the life of the saints, biographies and stories of people that have uh, endured great suffering and found discernment into this. Also, uh, discernment allows to become more comfortable with paradox, mystery, uncertainty and loneliness and you know uh, lately i discover how much people and i'm not judging please that is not about that but i live we live in times where there is little comfort comfort in paradox right people want to know black or white mask or no mask vaccine or not vaccine you know there, there is little, little peace with paradox, uncertainty, and loneliness. It seems that we are paying our, our addiction. And the part of the pains that we have is the pain of addiction to control and to predict, right? And we are living times when we don't control, we can't control, and we can't predict. And uh, yeah, we suffer. Finally, when we, with more discernment, uh, we listen more we listen better because we are listening uh, watchman me used to say this not only to the words that the person is saying but what, what the words that the person is not saying but the, what the words that god is saying to the to the words of the person that is speaking it's a beautiful picture there we judge less we judge less if everything is connected my judgments are a lot more careful. <laughs> you know, I'm more prompt to, to say, hold on, let's wait. So our sorrows can be transformed into joy. This is Henry Nouwen. Our hostility is not hostile, but hostility is transformed into hospitality. And our loneliness into possibility. Beautiful way to put it. I have, by the way, to admit that I read this book in Spanish. Okay, so if you have read it in English, 
please help me saying it. I, I didn't want to buy another version. <laughs> really didn't. But so a lot of this is my own Marcos translation, translation of, of all of this, right? So, so there you go. Some thoughts on this sermon, some thoughts of Henry now in the sermon, and some thoughts about the fruit of the sermon. What are you present to? What are your thoughts? I really like what you said. This is just something that I'll have to think about some more, but um, where you said that dis like discernment as a lifestyle instead of as a situational, that's a big mind shift. Like it makes total sense. But when I think about discernment, it's usually when I am, you know, feeling like I'm lacking wisdom and I'm asking for discernment in a specific situation or something. But that idea of it just being um, a constant thing is um, I love that. I'll have to chew on that some. Thank you. I love it too. I have to admit what it does in me, it, it stirs, um, yes, first the challenge, right? It's challenging me. Okay, Marcos, you too. I, I'm only looking for, you know, big decisions and stuff. And I look less, I pay less attention when I have less need. And the grace of God is not at stake. The love of God is not at stake, but I just think, and this is the second thing that presents me, is the challenge and the and the longing. I touch suddenly something in me that wants that. Oh my gosh, yes, Lord, I want to live that way. I do. So I, I ah, this is yours. The sermon tells me like calls to like. So there is a genuine desire in my soul to live that way, and I have to come and admit, Lord, I don't know how to live that way. I don't. You know, maybe one day I do good, but then I forget. And, and that is a conversation that is taking place right now. When I think of this, I think of how, how much this connects with faith. It's literally having faith. It's literally trusting despite what you're seeing in the circumstances and uh, the pain that you're going through. I mean, I've been asking God a lot lately. What is the reason for this? Why? I mean, has it not been enough <laughs> this year to have, you know, more things just, you know, slammed on top of things. So I need to practice more discernment <laughs> as a lifestyle obviously. I really liked the, um, the same on the same topic that discernment more as in everyday life, um, especially as stated that as we invite the Holy Spirit to be part of our experiences, our thoughts, and etc. And um, I am convinced that God speak is speaking to us all the time through the Holy Spirit. And it's just learning and discerning his voice in the different situations to see and to hear what he's saying and um, leaning into that. And I've experienced a lot of that in nature and in these little birds that are outside my window and um, just the things that I see and experience with that, that I'm like, wow. And, and 
it just, it gets me to thinking. And then, and then he speaks into that, how that might apply to my own life. And I, I love it. And it just, if I could roll out of bed every single morning and remember and expect and invite the Holy Spirit to do that. I know he's doing it all the time. I just don't always have the receptors open. <laughs> Thank you, Trish. What a good, great way to put it. I don't always have the receptors open. But he is there faithfully seeking. It's very good. That's a good reminder Trish about like when you first you know saying for the day to have those receptors open because I know like what I do in the morning really helps me to set my day and so at different times when there's something I've wanted to focus on um I put a reminder in my phone that goes off like every morning for different things at different times just something that I feel like the Lord was calling me to like be more present to in my life um but I like that idea of yeah like discernment is something in the morning to have on your mind And I really think that it's something exciting because it's like, you know, if I know that God is speaking all the time and he wants to say something to me, it's like that anticipation. I wonder what he's going to, I wonder what he's going to share today, or I wonder where he's going to show up. Um, just the kind of that excited anticipation. Yeah. yeah. You know, the two things that come to mind as I hear you, reflecting on this one is the, the need to make a space for it <laughs> you know we come back to this all the time you know i i remember when i i have a, a kind of a life a rule of life or whatever when i create more space you know to go to open the receptors i remember one time in a, in a retreat center here in houston nothing special but just sitting because i, I was i was doing in silence with some people around and okay well i'm gonna sit and listen to god so and how much it spoke, and it spoke through nature. And, you know, I was just seeing the leaves, uh, the leaves of, uh, it was coming morning, and suddenly the leaves receiving sun, and how much they need to receive sun to live. And, you know, I kind of got telling me, Marcos, you know, the leaves don't do, have to do anything. Just, they need to be there, be exposed to me. How much that spoke to me, oh my God, right? A couple of pages of journaling, and, and how much life was in that for my soul. You know, I have to make space. And we, we come back to that place, is prayer, is solitude, is, is setting apart some time to listen. So this part of what the practices. And the second thing that common, uh, Brenda, you were saying, why, why, why? I think that there is, that there is an element. So I, I've been learning a lot about the brain, and especially the brain in trauma and the brain in grief. Right, and and this they call it the review is the act of the brain to trying to review, you know, right brain with left brain trying to make sense, you know, left brain very longitudinal or kind of uh, sequential, logical, uh, you know, everything is file, right, and and right brain being completely boom, emotion, you know, impressed, and and the two brains trying to communicate, right. And the reviewing is when that communication is not working really well. So what did it happen? But it didn't feel that way. What did it happen? You know, and that's trauma and grief sometimes. 
you know, one of the things, all that I say about this is one of the things that we know is that to be able to have, uh, to, to overcome trauma and grief, one of the things that is widely accepted now that helps us is to have secure attachment with somebody. I <laughs> with people is 9-11, lots of people, lots of trauma who who came out of it faster and more naturally people who had secure attachment in their lives, you know. And I was thinking of the secure attachment of God, you know. So do I have a secure attachment with God? <laughs> you know, do, do do I perceive God as as the love of God is not at stake? You know, all secure attachments, you know. Come and stay with me. Not because of my performance, not because I'm afraid that you will leave me. Come and stay. I'm secure with you. And that is what comes to mind. You know, discernment. You know, somehow, in moments of trauma, requires some level of, of this idea. You know, secure attachment with God. Who God is. Who am I for God? Identity. Come, come, we come back to it. Ironically, I that you saying that I've been reading in Psalms. Uh, actually, went from Psalms to Revelation. I don't know why I made such a big jump over the past week, but spending a couple hours just reading and remembering, you know, when you're talking about attachment or knowing who you are, who your father is. <clears throat> I've, you know, reading where, you know, David says, you know, or was it Jeremiah? Oh my gosh, you formed me in my mother's womb before I knew. And that was in Jeremiah, was I think both David, yeah, David. But um, I've really had to try to, to to take that in and understand who my creator is, that this person who is trying to cause me harm that raised me or has caused me harm is not my father. You know, it's like I'm having to seriously try to detach and, and attach to God as my, my father. Um, and there were times as my husband. You know, or I just had to say, you know, he says there'll be a father to the fatherless, you know, and a husband to the husbandless. So I'm 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 working on that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Brenda. Yeah. So if I can provide a little bit of a mini roadmap for becoming conversations. Um, so the, the idea, at least the idea, is that um, we'll take three, probably we'll finish with a closing with four, four conversations about discernment. So next next time, I hope we'll be able uh, to talk, follow. I'm, I'm going to really follow a little bit the thoughts of Henry Nowen and the conversation and that we have. Uh, thinking about the nature of discernment more as a spiritual gift, right? Medi mediated by scriptures and able to distinguish between truth and lies. There's a lot of, of thinking in Henry now when he thinks about discernment, uh, kind of spiritual warfare between lies and truth, right? And, and that's the thought. This is kind of a classic nature. Uh, and then the following uh, conversation will be uh, a little bit expanding that and seeking discernment, talking about seeking discernment, God's voice in nature, people and circumstances. You know, we, we move out of uh, that and make it uh, more expanded. And finally, thinking of, about discernment 
uh, of vocation, uh, of God's presence, uh, of identity, and what he calls about God's perfect timing, you know, Kairos and, and Kronos and, and all of that. And I think all that is probably not the first time that you have heard about this, but trying to think of this in the context of this sermon. So that's our little, our little map. Hopefully we will be able to do it, have a good conversation about it. Final thoughts or questions before we pray? Okay, well, it's... Oh, let me finish with a quote. I can always have a quote to finish and then our blessing, right? This quote is Henry Nouwen. The path of discernment begins with prayer. As simple as that. Praying means tearing the veil of existence and letting yourself be guided by the vision that has become real to you. There's a lot to say there. <laughs> Whatever you call that vision, he says the invisible reality, the numen, the higher power, the spirit, the Christ. Our prayers are not directed to ourselves, but to another, capital A who wants us to look towards him, who longs to be present, and who is capable of guiding us. Whoever prays to God curses the darkness and feels the source of all being. Beautiful words. About discernment, about prayer. We don't pray to ourselves. Okay, well, let me read our blessing and let you go. Till next time. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes